Thank you so much for listening to these stories. I really appreciate it. Baruch Hashem, we're reaching a milestone in listens from the podcast slash Nucky Radio. And Amir Hashem, perhaps we will have a live Sammy interview, perhaps in the near future. Be'ez Hashem Barach. But until then, a special shout out to Avrami Swidler from St. Louis. And remember, you can always read the books, When the Ice Melts or the Chip, written by Rabbi Yekaskul Yudkovsky, and very, very interesting books, if I must say so myself. All right, and get ready, get set for the next installment of A Sammy Story. Here we go. Somehow it seems how every week, whatever Sammy learns, just ends up overtaking his life. And this week was no different. Sammy had just learned about the Malachos, Mechabe, and Mavir, lighting a fire and extinguishing a fire. Well, originally, when Sammy heard his Rebbe say the word Mechabe, he asked, uh, Rebbe, does that mean that, that I have to give a kiss to the, to the light switch? Or maybe even the light bulb? What? Rebbe said you have to be mechabed, you have to be mechabed fire, and, and Rebbe can't mean to kiss fire, because that's, that's too dangerous. But mistame, probably Rebbe, no, oh, Sammy, that's not what I meant. I said mechabed with a hey at the end, not a dalit. Okay, a little line, add a little line, pay a little closer attention, that's what the line symbolizes, paying closer attention, and then you'll be able to hear that. Okay, so mechabed, you can't light a fire, you can't make a fire, and you can't extinguish a fire on Shabbos. Well, like I said, that's what happened in school. But that Shabbos, it seemed almost as if the whole concept of fire lighting and fire extinguishing became a significant part of Sammy's life. The first thing that happened, happened on Friday night. As Sammy was sitting at the Shabbos table, enjoying his Shabbos Suda, singing Zmiris with his father, Sammy, could you, could you, could you please... Um, maybe change the tune. Oh, but I think that was my Rebbe's tune. He sang it this week in, 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 in school. It was such a beautiful tune. Uh, yeah, it might have been beautiful when your Rebbe sang it, but uh, Chaim, yes, Ta, that's not a way we talk to our brother and certainly not the Shabbos. I'm sorry, Tati. No, don't be sorry to me. Be sorry to your brother. I'm sorry, Sammy. Maybe before we sing, maybe you want to uh, take a drink. But Ta, I, I don't want to drink water. Why don't you get the soda from the refrigerator? Okay, Ta. Um, I'm going to go this way. Oh, but I can't. Uh, uh, Sammy looked at the big guest who was sitting between him and the dining room door that led to the hallway that led to the kitchen. The guest was sitting with his chair all the way back, almost to the wall, and his head was on the table, almost in his plate and his chest was going up and down, and the sounds of snoring were emanating from his nose. Sammy could not go that way to get the soda. The only way Sammy would be able to go get the soda would be by walking behind his father, past his mother's leichter, and into the kitchen. Sammy stood up and then sat down. Sammy, I thought you were going to the kitchen to get the soda so that you could sing with me. Tat, there's a complication. I don't understand. Please go to the kitchen to get the soda. Uh, 
Okay, Ta. I, I, I guess I'll go. You guess? I, um, oh boy, it's complicated. Okay. Sammy got out of his seat, got down on his hands and knees, and began to crawl under the table. Junior Tom! Uh, Ma, can you, is it possible to move your feet? What are you doing, Sammy? His mother asked. Why are you crawling under the table? What is going on here? Uh, I'm just going to get the soda, Ma. Sorry, sorry. And he carefully, slowly walked to the kitchen, and he got the soda. But this time, when he came back to the dining room, he didn't come through that same kitchen door. He came through the kitchen door that led to the hallway that led to the dining room, and he came back into the dining room, and he put the soda on the table. He again got his he again got on his hands and knees to crawl back under the table. Sammy, stand up a second. I'm sorry, Ty. What's, what's the matter? Why are you crawling under the table? Because Ty, if I, if I walk by the leichter, my Rebbe said that it could be a melacha of mechaba or, or mavir, either one of 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 honoring the light, the, the honoring the fire, of honoring the fire. Honoring the fire. I mean, I mean, put, uh, lighting the fire or, or, or putting out the fire because when you walk by, you make the flame slicker and, and maybe the wick gets a little more oil or a little less oil. Um, Sammy, yes, the leichter, it's true, is on that side of the room. But it's on a shelf that's five feet off the ground. There's no way you're going to affect it when you walk by. Oh, uh, oh okay, thank you. Ah, oh, shoo, that was close. And Sammy went back to his seat. He took a drink of soda, and now he was able to sing his mirrors with a gusto. Plus he was singing harmony, I guess. I don't know. Well, a little bit later, the family was up to the main course. And as I've mentioned before, Sammy's family took turns serving the meal. Sammy, it's your turn to serve the chicken. All right, Chaim, I'm going. And the kugel, I know, Chaim, I know. And the rice, Chaim, I know. Chaim, he, he, he knows what he has to serve, okay? Yeah, Ma, but last time you remember, Chaim, Lashon Hara, the guests here. And Sammy went into the kitchen. And Sammy opened the oven to extract what he needed to extract. To extract the chicken, the kugel, the rice, the potatoes. And he took them out. Carefully, he plattered them. Well, <laughs> he tried to do it carefully. And I won't tell you that the chicken landed on the floor. But nobody has to know that besides you and me. And we're not eating that chicken. And, well, <laughs> yeah, he forgot to wash his hands after he sneezed. And then he put the potatoes by hand on the... Uh, whatever. It's kind of gross. I don't want to share any more gross stuff with you. The point is that he plattered stuff. And he carefully brought it back into the dining room. And the meal continued. All right, Chaim, his father said. It is now time for dessert. Please go serve the dessert. Ma, what are we having for dessert? Um, I think we're going to have ice cream from the freezer, okay? All right. I actually took it out of the freezer because usually the ice cream is very hard when we take it out of the freezer. Power of ice cream, of course. Yeah, I know, Ma. And and usually it's so hard that, that I wanted it to defrost a little bit, so I took it out from the freezer um, by soup time. Okay, Ma. Chaim went into the kitchen. And Sammy and his father and all the guests got into a big conversation about the week's Parsha. And Sammy was insisting that Parsha Shalach Hashem, send for you men. Send for you men means that Hashem asked Moshe to send men. 
And they said, no, Rashi says. And they had a whole argument back and forth. And suddenly Chaim was standing in the dining room. Chaim, why aren't you serving dessert? Tad, there's a little issue. Issue? Um, maybe Mommy, Eva, if you can come and check it out. Sure. She stood up and she walked into the kitchen. And she could not believe what she saw. The oven was wide open. And the counter was full of white, gooey liquid. What is that liquid? What is that, Chaim? I think it used to be ice cream. It was in the containers, right? Yeah, it was in the car- cardboard containers from the store. I think it looks like they leaked out. How'd they leak out? Oy vey, the heat of the oven is so hot. No wonder why they leak. Why is the oven open? Chaim, why'd you open the oven? Uh, is it possible, maybe, perhaps, that now I have a difficulty with Hilkas Lush and Haro? Sammy? Yama? Please come in the kitchen right now. Sammy said, uh, excuse me, uh, I'm right, you guys are wrong. And he ran into the kitchen. What is going on here, Sammy? Why, why is the oven open? Oh, the oven, it's open because I wasn't allowed to close it. You weren't allowed to close it? Who stopped you from closing it? Hashem. What? Hashem stopped you from closing it? Yeah, well, you see, because my Rebbe taught us that when you open the oven and you close it, it makes the fire bigger. So if the oven is open and then I don't close it, I don't make the fire bigger. And if it makes the fire bigger, it's machaber. I mean, it's maver. Yeah, it's maver. It makes the thermostat register that they need more heat and it turns on the fire and so I can't close the oven. Yeah, but Sammy, look what happened to the ice cream. You know what my Rebbe would say? No, what would your Rebbe say? My Rebbe would say, ah, isn't that geschmack? For the sake of the mitzvah of Shabbos, look what we did. We melted some ice cream. Wow, we're going to get a lot of skar and oilam haba. I don't think your Rebbe would say that if it was his ice cream. That night, as Sammy went upstairs to go to bed, he walked past the light switch and he gave it a kiss. Chaim, who was behind him, already quite annoyed with Sammy that they didn't have dessert for the Su'uda. Sammy, what are you doing? Chaim asked. I'm being mechabed light. You're what? Oh, right, I forgot. My Rebbe said it doesn't mean honor. I forgot, I forgot. <sighs> go to bed. The next morning, the boys got up for shul. And they came to Shul and they davened with a vigor. But again, Sammy's throat was dry, similar to the night before. And Sammy was thirsty. He went out of the Shul and he went to the water fountain and he pressed the button to turn on the water fountain and the water fountain began to spew forth water. Sammy bent his head down and took a good drink and then he realized what he did. Rebbe said that using a water fountain on Shabbos is a problem because because when you press the button on the water fountain, it makes the the motor go on, and the motor going on is mavir is is mavir, and and, it, and now if I take my finger off, it's going to make the motor stop, and that's mechabe. It's mechabe because the motor goes off. What do I do? And Sammy stood there holding the button down through the entire chazor shatz. As they were taking out the Torah, Sammy's father noticed that Sammy still was not back. And he got a little bit nervous. If you were Sammy's father, you'd also get a little bit nervous if your son walked out from Shul for such a long time. And he walked out of the Shul. He looked to the right of the hall, and he saw nothing. He looked to the left, and he saw all the way at the end of the hall by the water fountain was a boy. Quickly, he walked towards the boy and recognized that it was indeed Sammy. Sammy, what are you doing? 
Ah, Ta, I'm a little bit stuck. Maybe you can ask the Rav what to do. What's hap- what happened? Well, Ta, I, I pressed the button on the water fountain and turned the motor on. And now if I go, let go, and now if I let go, it's going to turn the motor off. And, and then, and it's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be mechabe, and that's usher. Um, is that what your Rebbe said? That that is what my Rebbe said. Sammy's father looked at him, and then took a step back to get a good sense of the situation. And he looked back at Sammy, with a smile on his face, a little bit like a laugh in his response. And he said, "Sammy, yes, Ta. There's nothing to worry about. Patty Potskin's different than my Rebbe." By this water fountain today? Yes. Really? I, I can't believe it. Tati, Tati's going to go get my Rebbe. But Tati never... You, Tati, you always say that I should listen to everything my Rebbe says. The best... Pa- I know. But Sammy, the water fountain is not plugged in. There's no maver. There's no mechaba. Oh, but then how's the water coming out of the water fountain? That's a complicated question, but it's not through electricity. Ah, Baruch Hashem. Well, after davening and after the su'uda, Sammy decided he was going to go visit his friend Beryl. And he went to Beryl's house and he knocked on the door and nobody answered. He went to the windows and looked inside. He couldn't see anybody. He knocked on a couple windows. Nobody answered. But he was sure Beryl was home because Beryl and he had discussed coming over and, and having a play date together. Well, there was no choice. Sammy walked back to the front and started knocking again. And unthinking, without any thought in his head, I mean, he was thinking, but not about what he was about to do, Sammy took his finger and put it on that glowing, orangey, yellowy color of the doorbell and depressed the button. And the light of the doorbell went off. Yes, Beryl's doorbell, when you press the button, the light turned off. When you released the button, the light turned back on. And so now, ringing throughout Beryl's house, was the sound of his doorbell. Ding dong, ding dong. Not just once. Ding dong, ding dong. Not just twice. But the entire time Sammy's finger is on the button, the bell is ringing. Finally, the door opens. And it's Beryl's father in his bathrobe standing by the door. Sammy, I'm taking a nap. What are you doing ringing the bell? It's Shabbos Kodesh. Oh, I'm sorry, but where's Beryl? Beryl? I don't know where Beryl is, but who cares? Why are you ringing the bell? Let go of the bell now. Beryl would understand why I'm ringing the bell. Oh, here's Beryl. He was in the basement. Beryl, Sammy's here. Could you help me out here? Yeah, Sammy, why are you ringing the bell? Beryl, but you know why I'm ringing the bell. I don't know why I ring the bell on Shabbos Kaidish. Why would you ring the bell on Shabbos Kaidish? Because, uh, Beryl, because, because of the malacha. The malacha? There's a malacha knocking on the door? I knock, nobody answered. There's a malacha not answering the door? No, no. There's a malacha in, in, in letting go of the doorbell. Really? Rebbe said. Rebbe said you have to hold the doorbell down on Shabbos when you press it? Kind of. I don't remember that. Well, didn't Rebbe tell us about electricity? Yeah. And it's like Mechaba and Mavir? Yeah. Well, I pressed the button down and I did the Malacha Mechaba because I put out the light. Yeah. And if I lift my finger, it's going to turn on the light. Oh, you're right, Sammy. Ta? 
Abba, Beryl said to his father, Sammy's got a point. He does. It's giving me a headache. And Imo's waking up, and the baby's waking up. Yeah, but Tom, what should he do? If he lets go of the button, the light's going to go back on. And, and even though maybe he didn't get a, a, a terrible affair for pushing it the first time because he wasn't thinking, were you, Sammy? I mean, I was thinking about something, but yeah, whatever. But now he's going to get a terrible affair if he lets go. <sighs> Just then, Akiva, Beryl's brother, came storming up the steps. And he said, what's this ruckus? What's this noise? I'm trying to sleep. This is crazy. I'm going to my friend's house. And he walked right out of the house, not paying attention to the fact that he had just knocked his brother Beryl over and he had by mistake bumped into his father. And most importantly, he crashed right into Sammy. And Sammy fell down the steps, all three of them. And he landed Baruch Hashem on top of the grass that was at the bottom of the steps. His Shabbos suit scraping and tearing on the edge of a step. Sammy looked at Akiva, who also had fallen down and was now glowering at Sammy. What in the world, Sammy? What, what, what? Sammy looked at Akiva and said, Thank you, Akiva. I really appreciate it. You're being sarcastic, Akiva said. No, no, I'm sincere. I really did. I really do appreciate it. Beryl had come to the door and the Abba had come to the door. Akiva, next time, please don't do that. Please, please talk nicely and walk through nicely and say, excuse me. Ta, I, I don't know what's going on, but there was way too much doorbell ringing. Who was ringing the doorbell? Sammy? Actually, Akiva, Beryl said, you actually helped out Sammy because he was stuck ringing the doorbell. But you crashed into him and you made him stop ringing the doorbell, not on purpose. And so now he doesn't have to get a big chicken to get Vera. Well, I'm glad I could be helpful. Sammy, you could be helpful too. I could? Yeah. Next time, just let Beryl come to your house. Don't come to ours. Well, I have to tell you, there was one other incident at Chavez that was a little bit difficult to deal with. It had to do with a match that Ellie, by mistake, well, Ellie's a little kid, and he didn't realize that you're not allowed to light a fire on Chavez, and he found some matches, and he began to play with them. And he lit the match, and he was standing there with a match when Sammy walked into the room. And Sammy said, what is that? It's a lit match. There's carpet in the room. The carpet's going to burn. And then there's going to be a fire. The house is going to burn down. Oh, Ellie said, should I put it out? No, it's it's Mechabe if you put it out. So what should I do? I'm not sure. And Ellie held the match. And the match slowly burnt down closer and closer to Ellie's fingers. Finally, the heat was so intense that Ellie could not hold on to it anymore. And Ellie said, I'm sorry, Sammy, if we have to burn down the house, but my fingers hurt. And he dropped the match, and as it fell, the match went out. Shoo, Sammy said. We're lucky, and at least you're under bar mitzvah. Actually, I'm under bar mitzvah too, but whatever. We're under bar mitzvah, so we don't have to worry about the fact that that was maybe mechabe. But next time, don't play with matches. At least on Shabbos.